Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Amigos. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here, Rob. Paul, it's always fun to see you and spend uh, the day together. Uh, Today, uh, we have a special guest, and we're joined by Gary Salmon, uh, Chief Executive Officer of Black Talent Security, a cybersecurity consulting firm that focuses on the dental industry. As a CEO and co-founder of Black Talent Security, Gary is dedicated to data security and understanding the latest trends in the industry, particularly as they relate to the healthcare field. He is a proven executive management track and over 30 years of experience in software development and computer IT. Gary also speaks nationally on cybersecurity threats and their impact on the dental community and has trained thousands of dental offices across the U.S. on how to maintain best practices in cybersecurity and has been featured in over 30 local and national publications. In addition, Gary has over 15 years as an instructor at West Point, and he's also involved in law enforcement. Uh, Today, guess what we're going to talk to Gary about? The uh, cybersecurity world, it's a, it's a hot topic in dentisting. I, I've dealt with it myself. It is all over the world. The world is constantly changing and how we store and use data uh, is changing and how the, the bad guys uh, try to exploit that, right? Yeah, exactly. They're after us dentists. It's not easy to be a it's dentist. It, you know, they go after lawyers sometimes too. Uh, now, without further ado, here's Gary Salmon. Welcome, amigo, and thanks for being on the show. Hey, totally honored. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Gary. And uh, we like to start with hard-hitting questions. If we were near you, uh, where would we go for nachos, and what is your favorite topping? Haha, uh, there is a uh, there's a place right up the street from us. It's awesome. Um, but you know, things I like on my nachos are, and I make this a lot of times myself for my kids, especially. We do um, tortillas, cheese, black beans, salsa, avocado, and we actually make it out of turkey meat. So, oh, nice. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's nacho ordinary nachos. It's healthy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. My daughter likes when we go out to get nachos, she gets all the good stuff on the side, you know, which is good because then I can put it on my food. But it's like, I'd like uh, the chicken nachos with the jalapenos, the pico de gallo, <laughs> yeah. and the sauce on the side. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. guess it still counts as nachos. She gets the chips and the cheese. <laughs> Hey, so Gary, thanks, uh, thanks again for for being on. Obviously, you you have uh, a whole ton of experience in the cybersecurity world, and uh, know way more than I can even possibly think to start to ask you about. But for our listeners that are hearing cybersecurity today and see cybersecurity in magazines and in emails that they get, tell us just basically what is cybersecurity. Yeah, so I think we can break it down to a couple categories. Um, so first of all, most important thing is the protection of information. So you have patient data on your network, you know, it's comprised of records, health history forms, x-rays, EOBs, things like that. Items that you absolutely would not want criminals, right, the threat actors to get a hold of. 
Um, you also have to deal with business continuity. What a lot of practices are now experiencing is the complete shutdown of their offices from ransomware attacks. Right? We've responded to some of the largest ransomware attacks in the nation's history, and believe it or not, they've been against dental practices. You look at what happened in Wisconsin. You look at what happened in Denver recently. Um, a lot of these practices that were the victims of these cyber attacks, they literally shut their doors for two to four weeks because they walked into their offices to find 100% of their computers and 100% of their data and backups completely encrypted by highly sophisticated ransomware. Um, so, you know, we're really talking about the protection of data and the business continuity, your livelihood, right? How do you function as a practice when you can't take x-rays, when you can't view previously imaged patients, when you can't pull up their electronic chart, their medical notes, right, their health history forms, et cetera. It's a huge issue. Um, so, I mean, those are, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, practices I think really need to, to consider now. And um, that's what cybersecurity is all about. It's how do we protect this data and how do we keep your operations functional? I, uh, that's a great point, Gary. So um, they talk about KPIs in dentistry, uh, key performance indicators. We've had a lot of great, you know, business-minded people on our podcast, like Mark Costas. But I think there's only one KPI that matters to a dentist, and that's um, the number of times you feel like crying inside a day. Uh, I'm uh, down from like, you know, 47 to 22 times. Uh, so I'm doing well, you know, that's what. But uh, when we had our cyber attack, and it, I, I don't know if this is the right way to say these things, it, it kind of went as well as a cyber attack could go, it still calls to my brother and I to want to cry on the outside part of our bodies those days. Um, just break down a little bit because dentists like systems, you know, what does the IT person do? What do you guys do? How do you kind of have an interplay there between the two of you? Okay. In terms of preventative measures, preventive measures, and just sort of like, maybe even just like, you know, I, 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 I'm, it's a shame. I, j I just forgot all the, you know, there was a class in school, uh, how to deal with cybersecurity as a den dentist in dental school. So I just, I, I, I skipped that class. They had computers back then? <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, exactly. that. So this yeah. is another thing that we did not um, go over in dental school. So I just think, you know, are people listening, driving their car, working out, whatever they're doing, they might be saying, uh, I don't even know what I do in my own practice. I know there's a guy who comes in and does something to the computers. Right. They, they, his name's, you know, Frank. So just break down sure. maybe in the most simplistic way what should be happening. And then, you know, what do you see a lot? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So here's probably the best analogy I can start you off with in, in the dentisting world. Orthognathic surgery, right? So, Paul, <clears throat> if you have, have a son or daughter and they need orthognathic surgery, I'd probably be willing to bet you're going to refer that refer that case. That out, would be a referral right? for sure. Right, exactly. Probably to an oral surgeon, et cetera. So in the IT world, there's there's a difference between what everyone's IT company does and what cybersecurity company firms do. Right. So most cybersecurity firms don't do IT, right? They don't sell equipment, they don't configure your software, they don't fix your printers, you know, the things that you need to keep your practice running on a daily basis. What cybersecurity firms do is they work hand-in-hand -hand with your IT company to figure out where there is risk in your network, right? How are you going to be breached? Um, the reason that cybersecurity firms exist is because there is an entirely uh, additional level of skill sets and tools that cybersecurity companies have that IT companies typically just do not. 
Um, it's additional level of training, certification, some of the tools we use. Typically, you know, we're sold only to cybersecurity companies. Um, but what we do is we use these very sophisticated tools and, you know, the human intellect to analyze a dentist network to figure out where there are unlocked doors and windows on that network. Here's the reality. Every single computer has a vulnerability, right? Firewalls have vulnerabilities. That laser printer that's been sitting in your office for a couple of years has a vulnerability. And basically what we do is we use these, these tools and human intellect to scan these devices and figure out how hackers are going to break in. And then we work with the IT company and say, hey, we need you to apply this patch to this computer. We need you to adjust these settings on this printer. We need you to get rid of this device on your network because it's just too risky. Um, the best analogy I can give you in terms of what we do is think of your office, right? You have someone come by and be like, hey, I'm worried people are going to break into my physical office here, right? Someone goes around, they're like, oh, well, you have a $10 Home Depot lock on your front door. Let's put a deadbolt on for 300 bucks. Oh, I walked by three of your windows and none of the windows were locked and you're on the first floor. I can open the window and crawl right in, right? There's a lot of risk associated with not locking those doors appropriately. So we conceptually do the same thing. You know, we're scanning your network constantly to figure out, hey, how are the hackers going to break in? And let's lock those doors and windows prior to them getting in. Um, the other cool thing is we now have the ability using a technology called predictive threat intelligence to actually scan your computers in real time. And this real time scan basically reports back to us, our headquarters and says, Hey, um, Dr. Paul's computer, you know, operatory five has a new vulnerability on it that hackers are actually exploiting what's called in the wild, meaning they're, you know, using a tool to actually get into computers, you know, that have this vulnerability. It allows us to identify that vulnerability and then pick up the phone to Dr. Paul's IT company and say, hey, listen, guys, we need you to log into this workstation in Dr. Paul's office and apply this patch and fix it. And conceptually, that just locks someone out from trying to break in. The best analogy I can give you is this. Alarm systems, right? Without mentioning brand names, most people know there are, there are companies out there that have apps on your cell phone, right? So, you know, gentlemen, when you leave your house, you drive, get in your car, you drive down and you know, drive, drive a mile away, and all of a sudden your cell phone goes beep, 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 front door open. You're like, oh, what the heck's going on here? How's my front door open? You turn your car around and drive back, and as you're pulling up your driveway, you're like, wow, my front door is actually open. You go and lock it, and you're good. Conceptually, that's what we're doing now with this real-time uh, threat identification called predictive threat intelligence. Um, it's, it's really a game changer, right, because you, you, you have the ability to, to identify these risks and mitigate them, you know, prior to someone, you know, stealing your patient data. So there has to be this, um, you know, this oversight. I think what most of your colleagues are doing incorrectly, um, Paul, is they're allowing their IT company to drive what they consider to be correct security. Let me just stop you here for a second, Gary. This is something that, you know, Paul and I are aware of and you're aware of. I want to really emphasize this with our listeners that the this is not the type of services you should expect to get from your IT vendor. You know, this is a separate, uh, a separate thing that requires separate expertise and someone that should be working with your IT vendor, 
but it's not uh, something that would generally be part of what the IT services are providing. I mean, Gary's example. So, I mean, is, is it fair, Gary, to say it's like a general dentist and an endodontist, a general dentist and a, another type of specialist? Right. The IT person is the general dentist there doing that stuff, but then you guys are the specialist. Exactly. Yep. A hundred percent. It's got to be a collaborative team effort, right? Because they're, they're, they should stop basically with providing the, the basic security measures, the firewall, antivirus software, you know, certain things like that. And then they have a specialty company come in that hardens the network from that point forward. Um, and, and the other important thing to consider here is you need a third, set, uh, third party to take a look at, you know, those security settings, configurations. Pretty much outside of the dental space, you know, if you look at hospitals and, and physicians groups, things like that, they almost always have an IT vendor plus a cybersecurity company. So the cybersecurity company is basically auditing the work that has been done by the IT vendor and finding these vulnerabilities that, you know, the IT companies just don't pick up, right? You can't have the, the quote unquote fox guarding the hen house. It doesn't really make any sense, you know, and, um, the important thing to understand here, doctors, is this is your patient data. This is your practice. This is your livelihood. You have to take a proactive approach and start questioning your IT vendors. Hey, what are we doing for security? You know, who is your recommended cybersecurity company? You know, and you have to understand that if you have a breach, regardless of whose fault it is, it's still on you. And, and then I, I want to, so you've been a, a super awesome, kind sponsor on the things we're doing at the Del Nacho Supreme. And I know we talked mm -hmm. about this a little bit, but I'm an exhausted and enthusiastic 42 year old dad, uh, Gary said, I don't remember yesterday. So I want to remind myself <laughs> because, you know, we had a situation happen with kind of shut us down for three days and we had a really good out, we had the best outcome possible from it, but it still cost us a lot of time, energy and money. Remind us if, if, a, if a dental office is going to, because Rob, uh, works with a lot of startups and we both do acquisitions together and as dentists are trying to put together their you know their budget and plan what is the like general investment for your services but just so i can orient my mind monthly yeah it really is dependent on the size of the practice um but you can budget somewhere between you know 300 and about 450 dollars per month so it's just another one of these solid. examples, Rob. So Rob, as we talk about things early in dental school, is that you know even if you're thinking of a three to five thousand dollar expense a year in those in those three days in our office, it's it's sometimes when people say it's not about the money, that's actually true. For my brother and I, it wasn't about the money; it was about our stress. But it also came with money. It was it was right. it was one plus one equals extra bad, right? Yeah. A loss of money plus additional stress. So to be able to well, plus you also had, you also still had to spend money to deal with it, right? right? So yes. it's not like you, you you didn't spend the money and then you didn't have to spend the money and dealt with the stress. You you probably paid double or triple what it would have cost to, to do it. Yeah. Right Luckily we first. had just, just to dig into this further. And, you know, we, we did have like, um, my brother, Jeff was doing more of it. Like we had the, uh, the insurance that actually helped us from that. So like yeah. we had a deductible from that. If we didn't have that, that would have made it even worse. I mean, right. I, you, you see this Gary, where people have demands for dollars that are just outrageous, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, you had, uh, you had someone on your, uh, in your group, your dental nachos group on Facebook that they got hit small little GP office, right? You know what the threat actors wanted to unlock the dentist data? $117,000. So what happened? Unlock the data. This is such an important thing for people listening, you know, stop, stop your treadmill or, you know, or visit Zeta. 
Jeff looked at my brother, Jeff, my partner in dentistry. He looked at actually, he did look at all the bills after our deductible, like for the, this was for like, this wasn't even for a ransom. It was for like to deal with the, the Linda Harvey HIPAA stuff and things like that. And their attorney's right. bills right. were incredibly high, but much like car insurance, we paid the deductible, uh-huh. but it would have been really an unsustainable cost to us if it was if not, you know, like it's like know. seeing the hospital bill, yes, right? Exactly. Come up, yeah. you know, just the open up for curiosity. <laughs> yes. Well, what what did the hospital uh, end up getting paid for that? Well, holy smokes, you know, and it's they're it's like crazy money. And when dentists can do things to protect themselves at the cost of, you know, we we've consistently had this theme here on the Dental Amigos of services that are so reasonable to me as a medium age practice owner, and probably just reasonable to you as a person, Rob. Right? Yeah. That you know you're investing three to five thousand dollars a year to prevent something that's so so. Uh, devastating on multiple levels. And, you know, I, I was saying to Gary on my thing and Robin, you know, this is, well, you, neither of you guys do filling. So, you know, you have to miss out on that fun. But something happens weird where like, and you know, it's like your computers could not work and you feel like you can't do your dental work, even though you can. It's like something just, your brain's thrown off. Well, it's distracting. Yeah, it's distracting. I mean, to it's say like, the least, like, right? And you, it's weird, you know, someone comes in, they need a procedure done. If they can't schedule their next procedure, you almost don't want to do that procedure. And it's very irrational but it's just how we, we operate. You know, it's like, you know, it'd be like you went to deposit a check at the bank and the, and the, and the ATM machine worked, but the teller didn't, you know, like I might as well leave both places, even though you could do that. You know, it's just, it just totally just sharing with Dennis that this happens, throws off your entire organization. Sure. Well, it's an incredible, I mean, you guys have a profession that requires concentration yeah, and, right. and when there are material distractions going on behind you, I think it's normal to say it's, it's difficult. And that's before you even start to think about the stress that gets on top right. of that. I think the interesting thing about cybersecurity when, you know, and I liked all of Gary's analogies and talk about leaving the door unlocked or the windows open. The thing that's, that gets, that the tricky part about cybersecurity is that you could see your back door is open. You could see that the window's open. You know the door's unlocked, yeah. the alarm's not on, but you can't see this stuff. So right. it, it doesn't, it, it's very easy to ignore it because it's not staring you in the face and you don't find out oftentimes that the door was open until somebody has already walked in. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge challenge. And then the other issue is we're trusting Dave, the IT guy that has been our IT vendor for 10 years to you know, say, hey doc, you're fine, don't worry about it, I got your back, right? And he may be the best IT guy and your good friend and, and everything else, he's always taking care of you, but you got to understand, like Dr. Paul said, there's a division here, right? There's a division in skill sets, you know, and, and technology. And well, yeah, Gary, the, why, why do those guys even want to hold on to that? You know, that's like to use the uh, use the 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 dental analogy. It's sort of like holding on to an extraction that you're not really qualified or experienced to do. Just right. send them out. Right. You know, it's not if you're really going to be a good advisor. But do you see a lot of IT guys that try to? to really monopolize that relationship and, and prevent or certainly not suggest that people right. go and work with cybersecurity? So I think it's it's the biggest underlying problem right now. Wow. It's, 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 a, it's a huge issue. Now, there are definitely some really good IT vendors out there that will say, hey, Dr. Paul, 100%, bring another company in. Let's do everything we can do to protect yourselves. And then that's, a small percentage, and there's probably 75, 80% of them are like, oh, Dr. Paul, you're covered. I got this firewall in, it's state of the art. You have antivirus software, you're totally protected. We got your back, we update your computers. 
and then they get hit. And Dr. Paul's like, hey, man, we, we just had this conversation two weeks ago. You said I'm totally covered. What's the deal? Oh, well, I don't know. It's some new form of ransomware. I guess our antivirus didn't pick it up. I'm sorry. Well, that doesn't work when Dr. Paul is writing $200,000 worth of checks out to, to ransom for ransom payments and attorney's fees and mitigation expenses. And I think that's the challenge here, right? And that's, that's the mindset that has to, has to change. You know, we can't operate like it's 2017 or 2018. If you look at the threat groups that are attacking the dental community, this is not some random person sitting in, you know, a house you know, in a foreign country. These are extremely well-funded, well-run operations. I mean, you're talking about organizations, criminal organizations that are probably bringing in 500 to a billion dollars a year in ransomware payments from damage to, you know, not only healthcare, but other businesses in the U.S. Think about all that money. Every time someone makes a payment to these guys because they have no choice, it makes them more powerful. It makes them write stronger code. You know, it makes it more difficult them to track because they can, you know, purchase technologies and other things to hide themselves. So this is this is why this whole thing is starting to, you know, completely spiral because we're kind of empowering them. But what choice do you have, right? And when we started our company, we said we're going to tell every single client never to pay the ransom. And then we got to our first client that had a ransomware attack. And he, his backups were encrypted, right? His cloud data was gone. And he said to us, well, what, what am I supposed to do? If I don't pay, now I have a massive HIPAA issue. And what am I going to do? Just shut my practice down? I have to pay. And we're like, all right, I guess you have to pay. And then that just became the norm, right? Because it's, it's a business decision at that point. You either have your data or you don't have your data. Or in the cases of some larger practices, guess what? It may be more cost-effective to pay the ransom than it is to try and recover all of your data from your backups because of a time uh, constraint. If it's going to take you three days to download all of your data from the cloud versus maybe one day to pay the ransom and have your data back that day and your systems back online, it's straight math. How much do we make per day? How much is the ransom? Which number is better? And and that's the unfortunate, you know, you know, world we're in right now. So what's the range, yeah, Gary, I, that you see of these ransom demands that actually they're, get they're paid? That actually get paid. So when we responded to Denver, where they had an attack against an IT vendor, um, so basically the IT vendor got hit, and then the threat actors used the connections from the IT vendor to all of their clients to attack all of the dental practices. Um, we paid out ransoms anywhere between 30000 um, and close to six figures. There were some practices that had to pay over six figures just in the ransom. So many of the multi-office practices or the specialty practices, I would argue that their expenses were probably approaching a quarter million dollars minimum. I think for the average GP practice, their expenses were in excess of six figures. Most practices, you know, between business interruption, legal fees, IT fees, security fees, everything, they're, you know, north of $100,000. So. And I want to ask you, Gary, this you know, is crazy. What are some, you know, I, I've followed you in some of your posts and we've been talking about this on Dental Not Just Some. What are some common mistakes Dennis and their team do? Like, I'm going to use an example. Like, I pro even though I carry around on a thumb drive, the t my top favorite nachos, and I, want, I shouldn't put that into my office computer and download it. Is that a mistake? Right. Yeah, so it is. 
Um, if you look at what healthcare is doing, meaning the medical side of this industry, pretty much there's no hospital left or large physicians group that will allow any type of USB device on their network. And, and some of these organizations will actually shut down the USB port. So if you put something in, it doesn't even recognize it. Um, why is that, Gary? Tell, tell yeah. our listeners. Yeah, they're high risk. So let me give you an example in, in the dentisting world. Let's just say you take a pan, maybe you have a cone beam machine in your office, and you're going to refer them out to the orthodontist down the street. So you shoot the image, you copy the CBCT image or the pan Ceph onto a flash drive. But unbeknownst to you, you actually have malware on your computer. Almost every single piece of malware and ransomware is now engineered to auto-copy itself onto any removable device. So literally the act of inserting that brand new USB device that you just bought at Staples right into your computer, your computer, right, will automatically copy that malicious code onto the USB as you're copying the cone beam on. That's amazing. Hand it to the patient. The patient shows up at, you know, smile ortho down the street from you. And that ortho puts that in his or her computer. And guess what happens? The code copies itself directly onto that computer. And typically within seconds to minutes, it's on every single computer in the office. It's I mean, it's, it just fits with, you know, we're, we're having a, some, you know, worldwide uh, mass hysteria over a certain virus. And it's like, it's similar, you know, whether it's, it's a virus, uh, you know, even just people with colds, even when you're in the Goodman household and one kid is, is sick, it's like you can get near this unknowingly. And then now your practice is, and it's like these bet, I've used this term, heard Rob say this a lot, it sounds always official. Uh, if you use best practices, you know, best practices uh, with this stuff. And I think it's like, you know, it's, it's hard though, Gary, you, you've been to our office. You know, it's like you have multiple team members, you have multiple dentists, and people are totally unaware of these things being problematic. You know, it's it's like, you know, you know, where someone comes with a USB and says, I just want to show you my PowerPoint from some case that I did. And next thing you know, your whole system's down. Well, that's an interesting right. point. Let me ask you this, Gary. So in addition to doing these audits and looking at the hardware and doing what would be called the, the techie stuff, do you guys also do education for dental offices? Because like, for example, what you just told us about the USB drive is not necessarily intuitive. So, uh, is that part of of, uh, of the services that that cybersecurity firms generally provide, and you know specifically uh, Black Talon? Yeah, absolutely. So, huge point. You know, your your doctors and your team members present a lot of risk to the practice. So, education is paramount, right? Because here's what's happening, especially at the front desk, especially the doctors sitting in their personal offices. They're getting emails, they're clicking on links, they're clicking on attachments, they're ending up on websites that, hint, hint, you probably shouldn't be at, you know, from work. And the next thing they know, their computer gets hit, and then all the computers get hit. Um, so education is, is so important because it creates the sense of awareness. So what we do is we do live webinar training with the practice, and what we do is we turn everyone in the office into what we call a human firewall. Right? Because here's the reality. I don't care how much money you have right, to spend on certain types of security. When it comes to email, the best defense is a well-trained individual, that they can look at this email and say, oh, this is exactly what Black Talon warned me about. This is that fake invoice scam. This is the fake Amazon scam. This is not a real um, shipping notification from UPS. Um, you know, 
Dr. Paul would never ask me to watch a funny video, right? Uh, um, you know, about a hot dog stand. He would send me a video on nachos. So in my head, I know that can't be a real email from Dr. That's Paul. That's an easy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not usually that easy, though, right, Gary? I'm sorry, what was that? It's not usually that easy, you know? That's it's Dr. It's, Nacho sending in a hot not. dog mic. <laughs> exactly. Because that's right? wrong. But, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely not Dr. Paul. Someone hacked his account. So, um, But these are the things that your team members have to be aware of. Now, here's the reality. They're all stressed about it. They all worry about it because... As dentists, you're like, hey, guys, uh, don't click on the wrong stuff. Hey, head and home. Have a great day. That was your training for the night, right? They just warned their staff. And that's just how, how it is in business for, for a lot of folks. But when you can actually empower them to make good, educated decisions or the light bulb goes off, oh, this is, this is a threat that Gary actually warned me about. Look what's happening. We're getting it, right? Or, you know, Mariette, Smile Ortho down the street. It looks like their email system got hit. This is Mary's real email account sending me this email address, but I know she would never ask me to click on this. That's the type of processes that you have to go through. And it has to be a, on, a, on a continuous basis because the threats change. We can't even predict what there's going to be in six months from now, the reality of it. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the hackers adapt, right? We figure out what they're doing. We come up with countermeasures. They're clever. I mean, we had so something not too yeah. long ago where people in the office were getting emails from me or they, they thought they were getting emails from me that just didn't make any sense, you know? And Anna came in and asked me, like, did you send this? Like, no, I yeah, didn't. Right. And you could click, it, it said that it came from Rob Montgomery and whoever the, you know, the the hacker, not the hacker, or the, the criminal, you know, whatever their scheme was, what was gonna happen yeah. next, who knows? But they could see that, hey, here's my email address, here's Anna's email address, here's Justin Weaver's email address, they know right. we must email each other. So they got an email that came from Rob Montgomery, but when you actually, uh, highlighted the email address. It was some goofy address that wasn't me, and I you know, was saying something that was even a little more outlined than what I would normally <laughs> say say to them that, that tripped them off. But if it was less obvious, they may have opened it up and and clicked on the the link. The uh, the other one that we just started seeing, and I just posted something about this, is we're starting to see a lot of people's LinkedIn accounts compromised again. So just yesterday. You know, someone in the, the dental space, actually a, a COO of a relatively large organization, sent me an IM through LinkedIn saying, hey, I want to talk to you about um, a great uh, partnership opportunity. This is confidential. You know, can you please click here to download, you know, a secure document? Right. And you, you look at it and you're like, well, A, it's really well, well written. It's not like the stuff we used to get a year or two ago, which was broken English. The, the Prince yeah. of Nairobi that yeah, needs, yeah, yeah. Uh, needs the yeah. money to, to get his inheritance. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, the Nigerian prince, right? Um, really well written. And here's the scarier part. I had received an IM from uh, someone who I'd been interacting with through social media, through LinkedIn's um, instant messaging platform. He and I had gone back a couple times uh, about a product. And we, the last interaction we had through IM was, hey, I'll talk to you this afternoon on our conference call. And then after the conference call, he IM'd me back and said that, um, hey, I'll get that business proposal out to you. Well, four o'clock in the morning, I see an IM from him, right? Get into the office the next day, look at my IM, 4 a.m., there's a message. Hey, here's the business proposal we talked about. And I look at the link carefully. I'm like, wow. 
stalker that's crazy that right? i mean that's that's real that's crazy, creepy right? I mean, some yeah. it's a lot of times this stuff happens and it's not personal it just kind of happens out there in the ether but that's somebody right. that's absolutely stalking you to a level that that's freaky yeah that's that, that is and uh, uh, gary do you guys you guys do like uh, can you do like uh, the fire drills with your team or like the examples of like if they had clicked on this this would have been a problem like um right. I'm just, I'm just actually just curious if that's even a thing that exists. Yeah. yeah. So p- part of the training is actually that we'll, we'll run through scenarios. We'll show them real world examples of other practices that have been hit and basically show them, you know, what was the catalyst? Well, this practice who, you know, had hundred percent data encryption through ransomware, it started with a gift card from a doctor's office right down the street, right? The dentist's office got hit. This was dentist, the specialist, the GP office gets hit. They read your emails now, just like I described them reading your instant messages. They'll read them and they'll be like, oh, uh, there's a lot of emails going out to Dr. Paul. I'm going to craft a similar email, send it to, you know, Mary at Dr. Paul's office. And, you know, in this case, I'm just going to attach a little gift card here. Right. And they're going to click on it and then typically, boom, something happens. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the challenge. So. We do go through a lot of different scenarios. Um, the challenge is you have a limited amount of time. Um, and really what our goal is to help them critically think, right? Get them into the proper mindset so that if they come up or come across either an exact scenario we described or something similar, the light bulb goes off and they're like, aha, this is what we were warned about. Can you make it, Gary, so that when they click on the wrong thing, a plate of nachos bursts into flames like the Joker from (laughs) Press Your Luck? This would have ruined everything. That would really help. I would feel good if that happened. No doubt. That's a custom application. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll have a little smelling, you know, a little little thing that sends out stinky burnt nachos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I do. I smell the burning nachos. Too many people are clicking. I know we'll wrap up in a few minutes here, Gary, but one more question I had for you was... um. Personal emails, like, should your team just not be using their personal email account at work at all? Because that seems to be a very dangerous world. Okay, so fantastic question. So we cover this in training, but I'll, I'll go through this. So what we recommend across the board is a couple things. A, you should have a policy in place that basically dictates exactly what the appropriate usage of your computers are. So a policy should say you can't use the computers for any personal reason. So you can't go online and start shopping. You can't go to, you know, your favorite, you know, crafting message boards, you know, et cetera. Um, and then final, no personal email, right? No personal email. The issue with that is Mary or Dave sitting at the front desk goes to their Gmail account. It's like, ah, let's see what my buddy sent me today. Check out this funny video clicks on the funny video and two minutes later, everyone's like, hey, guys, uh, what's this ransom note on my computer? Why is the server down? Well, it's because he clicked on a, a malicious link that you know injected that malicious code into your system. So our recommendation to every practice is just that. Use the computers only for work purposes. Use work email, right? And, and no deviation from that. And that's got to start from the top also, Dr. Paul. If they walk by your computer and they're like, oh, check it out. He's on his sports betting page. Not you personally, but in general, they're like, ah, doctor doesn't even care. Why should I care? Right? So it's leadership. I think that's critical because these are your team members. They're following what you're doing. Uh, But have a policy. Have them sign the policy. So that gives it a little more bite. 
I like right. this. It's, it's like the uh, it's like how we you know I got a, a almost two year old and it's like you try to watch your language you know when you're around because they'll just start saying anything and then you find so it's like curse on your own phone read your own emails on your own phone not on the office computers you know that's exactly right so yeah that's, that's the part I left out everyone's got a smartphone for the most part if you need to do something personal do that um, we have had a couple doctors say to us hey I, I want to make a computer available so if someone in my office needs to do something over lunch you know or something like that there's technology that can be set up on the network that would segregate that computer so it has no access you know to computer data excuse me patient data things like that but yeah I mean there's there's definitely stuff you can do to, to help protect um, you know same thing kind of applies with wireless networks you shouldn't have you know your team members connecting their tablets their cell phones if they bring in a laptop or anything like that to your business wi-fi right set up a guest network that's completely separate so if someone's device gets hit it doesn't spread you know from device to device or you know device to your server and, and take out your patient data well it would so, seem like you know, also there's, there's, it, even beyond just staff i mean the importance of having a guest network for your patients i mean so many people totally. do provide wi-fi obviously to their patients that are waiting for their appointments and you know there's so many different ways and different angles that they could come in through the network it would seem like that's another one too yeah we we had um we had a scenario about three months ago a practice down south a specialty practice that uh said oh, i heard about you guys but now i now now i get it they literally had a husband and a wife um come in as a, a surgeon and the wife goes in for her surgery the husband's in technology sitting out in the waiting room with his laptop he connects to the Wi-Fi, and within a couple minutes, he starts seeing patient records, attachments, photographs. He literally walks in to the surgical room, and this is straight from the oral surgeon's mouth, not not a, a secondhand story. Walks in to the, the surgical room, and is like, hey, doctor, here are your patient records. What do you want to do about this? And the doctor flipped out, you know, because they didn't have a proper guest Wi-Fi that was uh, separate from the business Wi-Fi. It had a guest username and password, but it was still on the business's network. It wasn't a separate, you know, uh, what we call like a separate racetrack, you know, where that information is segregated from the, the guest information is segregated from the business information. I think that was very eye-opening for him. You know, that, that all right, I get this now. This, this is a major issue. Just you know, don't know happened. what you don't know, yeah. you know, until, until it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Well, you have you have responsibly put fear into all of our audience members, and including me, Gary. So thank you. Scared, you. Paul? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well we, we should, we're, we're working with Gary now, and I, that's why because uh, I we have multiple practices, and you know this is there's 47 things you got to do before you even start your day, and this is the perfect to delegate to someone who does this every day, just like we've talked about. Yeah, yeah. it's important. That's great. It's somebody that's scaring people more than a lawyer. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, nice. Right, Thanks, it. Gary. You, you've made the day for us. <laughs> um, Here, here's the flip side, though. When, when any Dr. Paul, when any of your colleagues get hit, they all will say, "Wow, I just wish I knew about this, and I maybe wouldn't." Be yeah, that's awareness is right? a it's a good right Rob, I've told you the term. Awareness is key. So, yeah, you know, because I, I will argue, ninety nine percent of these attacks are preventable, right? If if you you know work with a cybersecurity company and 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 take um, or utilize best practices to lock down these networks, you know, it's you become a very difficult target and. Typically, the hackers are opportunists, and they're just going to move on to the next network because they know there's plenty of them. So, Great. Hey, Gary, this is some awesome information, and thanks for scaring the daylights out of our listeners because they need it, and it's good for them, and yeah. they'll be happy that, that you did. How can people learn more about Black Talent Security, and how can they get in touch with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can reach us uh, via phone at 800-683-3797. Um, on the web at blacktalonsecurity.com. It's T-A-L-O-N. So blacktalonsecurity.com. Um, my direct number, if people want to reach out to me directly, that's fine. It's 914-600-1256. And uh, any of us will be happy to help you out. What's your best email, Gary? Sure. Good question. Gary at blacktalonsecurity.com. Cool. And of course, as always, all that stuff will be up on, on the show notes. Thanks again. Great stuff. Thanks for taking the time, Gary. Thanks, Gary. You got it. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Paul, I hope that Gary sufficiently scared all of our listeners into compliance or yeah, you know, realizing scared. I mean, oh, scaring to awareness. Yeah, right? yeah, scaring to awareness. I like it. And it's a, uh, um, you know, from working with clients and I can and can share as your number one client over here, there's a lot of annoyance things that happen in a dental day. And if you can take being hacked off the list or protecting yourself, it really is helps your stress level, helps your practice productivity. And uh, it seems like one of those things that's bound to happen if you don't uh, protect yourself. Yeah, you just have to do it. Unfortunately, this is one of those things, add it to the list, it has to be done. Yeah. Put it at the top of the list because there are legal uh, ramifications to this, business ramifications, you know, the, it can be a, a devastating thing to a practice. And there are people out there, you know, like Gary, who do are able to handle this stuff and take it off your plate. You don't have to do this yourself. And I'm going to say that while there are a lot of dentists that like to DIY certain things, right. I don't think anybody yes. out there should be DIYing their cybersecurity. Yes. And then, you know, I'll just leave a message to the audiences: busy, exhausted practice owners, delegate most of it. You know, delegate to your office manager, someone in your office, to connect with a team like Gary's and do most of the work, and then bring it to you when they dug into it like we do to make a uh, final decision you know i think sometimes rob dennis and people you know if they think i got to look into every little thing myself it's in, it's impossible so you got to delegate most of the uh, due diligence yeah and with this stuff you, you the more you can try to dig into it i'm going to say just speaking from experience and you're probably not going to understand it you know right, it's just yes, it's yeah. so just absolutely abstract, constantly changing, and uh, you can't possibly expect and, to get your arms around it struck this. me when gary's analogy your practice is worth more than your home and you protect your home. I mean, what your practice does for you and what it can do for you is worth more than your home. And p most people will have security systems in their home and bring people in and do it. So just do the same thing for your practice. Like I said, you know, the, it's easy to overlook something you can't see, right? right you know, you true. can see the back door of your house is open. You can't see that the back door to your network is, is open. Totally and, true. and that's why it's easy to, to, to not pay attention to it. I agree. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, tune in again. Be sure to leave us uh, a good review, uh, however you listen to this podcast. Thanks, Thanks Paul. Guys. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.